Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to come to your word now. As we do so, we pray, Lord God, that you might speak to us through it. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, it's, it's interesting that um, I uh, let you know uh, when uh, uh, we started our service together that things had gone wrong, which is why I've got a laptop in front of me, because the computer was refusing to print out a piece of paper. So I've never referred to notes uh, like this at all um, before, and yet the first uh, heading I've got here when we're thinking about praying when opposition um, comes is things go wrong, uh, I've noticed, which is, uh, is quite uh, ironic. Uh, we won't read from this um, exactly at the moment, but just uh, as I'm going to paint a little bit of a picture by way of introduction, if you've got a Bible with you, you might like to turn up to the book of 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings, but also the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 32. Uh, so you've got your fingers in two different uh, different um, places. Uh, things do go wrong, uh, don't they? We mentioned about the lady that lost her purse yesterday, but praise God, uh, that's all sorted out. Uh, we had a variety of different practical bits and pieces that went wrong uh, this morning. Um, and including with that, even though I wasn't aware of this, but apparently a whole section in the middle got missed out of communion uh, this morning. And so the, the tray had to be brought back in. And think, ah! all, the, all these different bits and pieces that go wrong. But when we were thinking about that in the context of Solomon's prayer for wisdom, Solomon was a man that didn't dot every I and cross every T in terms of the context of worship. Uh, He didn't get everything uh, absolutely right, far from it. But there was something about his heart that was pure before his God that God responded to. But you all know as well as I do, things do go wrong. I dare say if we were going to go round one by one, we, we wouldn't have to, even though my memory isn't brilliant, we haven't got to think that back that far uh, before we can think of something that has gone wrong, whether it's in our, our day-to-day life or, or anything else. Well, things were about to go badly wrong uh, for the person here by the name of Hezekiah. And if you want to uh, uh, catch somebody out uh, at a Bible study, then do start off that by saying, well, if you can turn, please, to the book of Hezekiah. Uh, There's been uh, interesting people flick through the pages. There isn't a book of Hezekiah. It just sounds like there should be, doesn't it? Uh, There are times, though, when things do go wrong. Hezekiah, there was was, things were no uh, different for him. Uh, He was king around about 700 years or so before Jesus came. Faced opposition, even though here was a king who was seeking to honour God. And at the time, that was quite a rare breed. Not all the uh, kings of Israel were like that, far from it. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 3, we read that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He trusted in the Lord, verse 5. He kept the commandments, verse 6. But that didn't shield him from the threats that came his way. And that's the same in one sense for you and me. We may well not be kings or ever going to be linked into royalty uh, whatsoever. But even if we're seeking to do the right thing, that doesn't act as any form of hedge of protection against bad things going wrong or against tough times, does it? In fact, sometimes, and particularly people that are new believers, say, well, but I thought everything was going to be all right now that I've become a Christian. You think, no. And part of our own discipleship is to realise that that's not the case at all. The Christian faith is not an insurance policy, is it, against 
bad things happening to us in this life. Things are going to go wrong. Threats came from a man by the name of Sennacherib, who was king of uh, Assyria, who was defeating everybody in his path. He was a man who was power crazy. Uh, you could tell that if you read some of the, uh, uh, the, his wording, trying to drive a wedge between Hezekiah and the people, sending abusive uh, warnings, but beyond that, also mocking God in the process. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, we read in 2 Chronicles chapter 32, cried out in prayer to heaven about this. That's a good response when tough times come, isn't it? That the first thing they sought to do was just that. But I wonder what you would have done. You may well want to read the passages in 2 Kings, passage in 2 Chronicles. We're going to read a variety of verses. But there's also an account right the way through Isaiah 37. So if, if you like that whole historical context for what's going on, you've got three different angles, almost like three Gospels combining, really, so we can see the very heart of some of what is going on. But our focus, uh, as it won't surprise you because we're in a, a series on prayer, is going to be Hezekiah's response to what was going on, praying when opposition comes. I wonder what you would have done. I wonder how you would have prayed, or would you have prayed? Or would you have hidden, or would you have prayed and hidden? I wonder. Let's turn, please, to 2 Chronicles and chapter 32. 2 Chronicles chapter 32, and just going to read the first couple of verses, and then we'll move uh, on to verse 6. But first two verses. We read there, After all that Hezekiah had so faithfully done, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified cities, thinking to conquer them for himself. When Hezekiah saw that Sennacherib had come, and then he intended to make war on Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the water from the springs outside the city. And they helped him. Moving forwards to verse 6. Verse 6 to 17 we're going to read. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before him in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. It's worthwhile remembering. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. Later, when Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and all his forces were laying siege to Lachish, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah, king of Judah, and for all the people of Judah who were there. This is what Sennacherib, king of Assyria, says. On what are you basing your confidence that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? When Hezekiah says the Lord our God will save us from the hand of the king of Assyria, he's misleading you to let you die of hunger and thirst. Did not Hezekiah himself remove this God's high places and altars saying to Judah and Jerusalem, you must worship before one altar and burn sacrifices on it? Do you not know what I and my fathers have done to all the peoples of other land? Were the gods of those other nations ever able to deliver the land at their land from my hand? 
Who of all the gods of these nations that my father destroyed, fathers destroyed, has been able to save his people from me? How then can your God deliver you from my hand? Now, do not let Hezekiah deceive you and mis- mislead you like this. Do not believe him, for no God of any nation or kingdom has been able to deliver his people from my hand or from the hand of my fathers. How much less will your God deliver you from my hand? Sennacherib's officers spoke further against the Lord God and against the servant Hezekiah. The king also wrote letters insulting the Lord, the God of Israel, and saying this against him. Just as the gods of the peoples of the other lands did not rescue their people from my hand, so the God of Hezekiah will not rescue his people from my hand. Now let's turn uh, back to 2 Kings. 2 Kings, chapter 19. Firstly, verse 1. When Hezekiah heard this, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and went into the temple of the Lord. Verse 14. Hezekiah received the letter from the messengers and read it. Then he went up to the temple of the Lord and spread it out before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed to the Lord, O Lord God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim you alone are God over all the kingdoms of the earth you have made heaven and earth give ear O Lord and hear open your eyes O Lord and see listen to the words Sennacherib has said to insult the living God it is true O Lord that the Assyrian kings have laid waste these nations and their lands, they have thrown their gods into the fire and destroyed them, for they were not gods, but only wood and stone, fashioned by men's hands. Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand, so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone are Lord our God. So in summary, you've got there Sennacherib saying, listen, Hezekiah, when the bell goes, I'm going to smack the living daylights out of you. Well, I wonder how we would feel. I guess we need to think of how that might apply to our own situation. But you may well be able to look back to a work situation or a family situation or hostile situation if you were serving abroad or whatever it may well be where there's been intent opposition. How are we to respond when there is that sense of opposition coming our way? Well, I guess the first natural thing that we would tend to do is panic or feel uncomfortable. None of us likes to be picked on. None of us likes to have horrible things said about us or put around uh, about us. That's not very pleasant. You may well have had that. What Hezekiah does is go straight to God. And we can know that as a theory... But sometimes it's not the very first thing that we tend to do. Even though in the calm of day, we may well have that at the forefront of our minds. When tough times come, we're quite emotional, aren't we, very often. And we can reach boiling point very quickly and react. Hezekiah goes straight to the Lord. That sense of his tearing his clothes may well seem quite uh, extreme, but there's that sense of... 
that he's feeding. But that was that was a very spiritual uh, gesture as well that the Hebrew people would do that before their God, manifested by the Jews when highly offended. But then he goes straight to the temple. He doesn't go off to his room and has a bit of a, cro- a cry and a sulk. I wonder how we respond. It would have been easier for him to have got angry. We could have understood that. It's not been very nice things that's been said about him. And all the people may be potentially to turn against him as a one. He doesn't retaliate. He doesn't gossip. He doesn't think, right, I'm going to get older, be mobile, and wing him a, a nasty text straight away, which we can do in seconds. Or you may well have had done to you. He doesn't bash out a quick email, press the send button all too quickly. No, Hezekiah went to God. And I guess when opposition comes, which it's going to, for us as a church, we've experienced that. For yourselves individually, I guess you've experienced that. May well be that somebody this week, as yet, you may well not know what's around the corner, but you may well have a tough time that comes your way. Let's remember, first thing that we need to do is go straight to our God. He doesn't then launch in to all his asking lists. And we we saw this when we were thinking about Solomon's prayer in 1 Kings chapter 3 this morning. When he was asking, he had the opportunity to ask God for whatever he wanted. Oh great, could I have please? He didn't respond like that. He immediately worships his God. And we see Hezekiah doing exactly the same. Worshipping God for who he is. Starting our prayers appropriately is helpful and biblical. Numerous people seem to do that, characters through scripture. And if we've got a pattern in scripture of things that are there for us, not just to describe what went on then, but as a pattern for us to follow, we would do well to take note uh, of that. Our God is a jealous God, longing for our adoration and praise whenever we whatever we may well be feeling so we look in verses 15 and 16 by way of reminder hezekiah prayed to the lord o lord god of israel enthroned between the cherubim you alone are god over all the kingdoms of the earth you have made heaven and earth give ear o lord and hear open your eyes O Lord, and see, listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to insult the living God. Isn't that more likely to warrant a response from his God, that sense of humility? I used to work for Sainsbury's a long time ago. And uh, in Sainsbury's, of course, what you had to do, regardless of what position you were, you had to get food on the shelves. So uh, regardless of your position, sometimes that was uh, uh, something that even when I moved on a little bit, was on the management front, you'd still be there uh, filling up at shelves. I've no idea what position I was at this moment in time, but my memory went back to a time when I was in whatever the aisle was trying to get stuff on the shelves as quickly uh, as possible. And all of a sudden, a customer drew up alongside me and said, Marmite. Well, I thought it was somebody's nickname as I looked around to see who was in the art. Nobody else at all. Just me and this and this guy. Marmite. I said, I beg your pardon. Then instead of kind of realising what I was uh, sort of saying by way of response, he said, 
Do you know where the Marmite is? Now, I wonder what you would have been feeling at that moment in time. I'm not here to justify my response, but my response was, as I stood up to my full five foot eight, yes, I do. And then I went off with my trolley. (laughs) Now, I'm not saying that that was a right response, but I'm pretty sure he would have got a very different response. Had he approached me in a way of, excuse me, sorry to to trouble, but can you let me know where, where the Marmite is, please? And I probably wouldn't have known, actually, but that's, a, that's another story. Hezekiah is reflecting something that is very heartfelt, isn't he? The first thing that's at the uppermost in his mind and in his heart is to declare God's praises before he turns things over to this desperate plea that he's got. When opposition comes, yes, go straight to God, but when opposition comes... Firstly, let's worship him for who he is. Then next, let's ask him to respond. There's very uh, clear words that Hezekiah uses that don't really need any translation uh, into 2019 whatsoever, do they? Give ear. Open your eyes. See. Listen to the stuff that's being said to insult you as my God. You going to put up with this God? He's feeling something for the, the sense of the honour and glory of God's name. You may well hear uh, of a particular joke being told that you are feeling is blasphemous. And within you, everything is kind of coming to the fore that you're feeling really, really upset by what's being said. Because the honour of God's name is at stake. It's very difficult to know how to sensitively, uh, but in a right way, make some form of of response, uh, isn't it? I can remember one of the um, foster children that we had. I won't won't mention uh, their name. And uh, they had had a colourful past, as often children in care uh, do. But this girl, although she wasn't without her, her issues, uh, children like this are very often going to be the ones uh, most likely to end up bullied. And, uh, and she was being bullied at the particular junior school that, uh, that she was at. And some of the, the things that she was saying as she was coming back and we were picking up on this, you, you could just tell were not made up simply because of what we knew of how she would make up other things. There was something very authentic about some of the uh, uh, the pain that she was uh, that she was sharing, and and I'd mentioned about going into the school, and initially she was very 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 nervous about that. So well, you you wouldn't do that anyway. I said yes, I would. I'm not having anybody talk to you like that. She said, really? And the look of shock on her face. I did go into the school, and, and we did manage to sort it out. But it was fascinating that. That young girl, she was about 12, 13 at the time, was so overwhelmed, firstly with somebody believing her, but then secondly, acting on on their behalf, because the honour of her name, if you like. And there was something of that, that Hezekiah was angry that the one whom he loved and worshipped was being spoken about in in such an insulting and derogatory uh, manner. 
What about maybe when someone has said something about a member of your family? Can you remember back to maybe a time when you were at school and maybe somebody said something about your mum? We might say things about our own mum, but we feel that's different. Or maybe sibling rivalry, uh, normally that goes on, but then somebody else says something about your brother and your sister. And that brings up something we need to think, I'm not having that. There's something there of Hezekiah not liking uh, the the wrongness of what was being said about his God. We want to give God an opportunity to meet with us, but also for him to have an opportunity to respond. And there are times when, of course, we need to realise that God is, is big enough and able enough to then, once we've given this to him, he can then deal with that on our behalf. What about that sense of our own uh, fears? Well, that's another thing when opposition comes, isn't it? To be honest about our fears, about our concerns. Hezekiah was king, but he felt in a very vulnerable place. If the words that have been said about him were believed, the people may well have turned. What might that have meant for that man? So regarding all that destruction that Sennacherib had carried out in the past, wow, Hezekiah realised that's true. We could be next. What is he going to do about that fear? God knows our hearts, does he not? So he knows about our innermost fears. I hope that you're quick in bringing those to God. The fears end up being twice as big if we keep them within, don't they? feeling that we're big enough and able enough to carry those ourselves, as if that's somehow mature. I don't see where we get that from Scripture at all. And maybe there's a time and a place where some of those shears we feel okay to share with a brother or sister in God as well. Because God has given us one another, hasn't he, in church life. as being part of a church, Christian family, that we might support one another. And I think it's a very healthy thing when we seek to do that. We're sometimes afraid. What does God say most in scripture? Do not be afraid, for I am with you. And there are times when in declaring our fears, we need to be reminded that God is going to walk with us through those fears. How does that square up when we are really feeling uh, afraid? Well, it's about our own being honest about that feeling and that fear that we've got. But then when we bring it to him, seeking to trust him that he's big enough and able enough to actually work on our behalf and take that. Leaving that with God is sometimes a difficult thing, isn't it? The temptation is always there to take back uh, the fear. And then we've got, I think, the, the sense of our own making the request very specific. We did that yesterday regarding the purse that had been lost and thankfully that which was lost is now found. It's kind of like a bit of a scriptural precedent there, it struck me, but, uh, but that was great uh, yesterday. But you may well have been in prayer meetings where there's been a prayer saying, dear God, bless Africa. Well, well, that's not a bad prayer, but it's not exactly specific, is it? As we looked at this morning, Solomon was very specific in his request for wisdom. If there's a specific need, a specific issue, let's seek to bring that to God. With regards to what's prayed here in verse 19, Hezekiah is saying, Now 
O Lord God, deliver us from his hand, so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone are Lord our God. I'm fed up awaiting God now. Enough is enough. Will you deliver us from his hand? Reflects something of the Lord's Prayer that we know of, that Jesus taught us, doesn't it? About deliver us from evil. Well, Sennacherib was an evil person. So that sense of deliverance that was being prayed for uh, was spot on. Deliver us. is set us free, isn't it? And that's a right thing at times for us to pray for. Now, O Lord, set us free from whatever it is that may well be hindering our progress, our journey, or somebody else in their own life issues. But there's also something within these verses that strikes me as well, of the sense of whose glory he's after. It's not about then how people are going to view him or not. We like to look quite good in front of other people and that other people would respect us. We kind of get that at face value. But there's nothing here of self for Hezekiah. It's all about the glory of God. When opposition comes, even in that context, it's good that we desire God's glory and not our own. That was maybe one of the main causes of hurt for Hezekiah. Deliver us, he says, so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone are Lord our God. Why is it that we want to see certain things happen? When we're bringing things uh, to God in prayer, what is the ultimate purpose of that? So I feel better, so I'm feeling happier, so I've got a better life, so that, so that, so that. Or is it? Because this is something, God, to do with your name. And we may well seem to God be the glory, but is that the essence of what's at the root of our own uh, prayer? Well, maybe uh, it isn't. (laughs) Not always. Let's think about men. Let's think about us men. Well, it's important to us, isn't it, when it comes to a competition, particularly dominoes or ludo. We want to win. Those of us that are uh, that are into sport, it's really important for us to win. We want to do well. And that thing, if it doesn't go well, oh dear, we, we don't deal with that very well. We're very competitive uh, by nature and women enjoy laughing at us when we get so carried away with our competitiveness as if women aren't at all competitive. Well, let's have a think, ladies. Just use your imagination. There's an opportunity for a church social. And ladies, there's an invitation to bake a cake or make a dessert. And you're one of 20 women that seek to do that. How many of you sit on the sidelines thinking, I hope that mine's not the one that's going to be left uneaten because other people's puddings or desserts gets eaten first. That sense of what's behind that? Because of what matters to me, of how I look. Although we may well laugh at those illustrations, it reflects something of self, whereas there's something greater going on with Hezekiah, where he's longing for God and his name to be glorified. As we think of that model that he gives us of how to pray, let's just think about when are some of those times when opposition may well come our way. I'm going to just share a few things that bring things up to speed in terms of what sorts of things may well be going on for ourselves. So it doesn't just remain a theory. What about when you're picked on 
because of your faith. That's a form of opposition, isn't it? What about when someone that you've shared something confidential with tells somebody else? What about when someone in your family is not a Christian and deliberately goes out of their way to make that difficult for you? That's a form of opposition. What about when you're being bullied in a work environment? Or even maybe as being one of the neighbours who is being picked on. What about when you're the victim of the abuse of another? And let's not pretend that that doesn't happen to those of us that are in a church. Because we can be on the receiving end of uncomfortable stuff in our own worlds. What about when a supposed friend says something hurtful to you and that whole relationship is threatened what about when satan seeks to have a go at you when you least expect everything was fine and then there's a comment or there's a situation and when caught off guard opposition comes do you know that we are in a battle we speak about the spiritual battle that we're in And then very often it strikes me as believers, we're surprised when we find ourselves on the forefront of such a battle when things go pear-shaped. If the answer is yes, we know we're in a battle, then we'd really pray when opposition comes. Do we believe that God is able to bring about change? If the answer is yes, then we would really pray. Do we care that so many people may be heading for a lost eternity? If we did, then we would really pray. Do we care when another member of the church is unwell or simply not around? If yes, we would really pray. But we'd also maybe demonstrate that with a little bit of practical help as well. Who's not been around? How's so-and-so? Have a look. You remember this church particularly. Have a flick through online of your church member's directory. I guarantee we'd each come up with a couple of names that would prompt something from within that would hopefully lead us to go beyond praying for but doing something for. So let's really pray. We're thinking uh, uh, over November and December about this theme of prayer, picking up of the, uh, the mental health campaign uh, that's saying, Britain, get talking. And our twist on that, our spin on that is church get talking. That we would really get talking in as many situations as we find ourselves. We scrapped a prayer meeting, scrapped a prayer life group, because this isn't about meetings. It's about developing a culture that we hope will permeate every element of church life. I think we've got a long way to go, and yet we've made a start by wanting to seek God over as many different uh, instances prayerfully that we can seek his word and what we can discern from that. Let's end with James chapter 4, verse uh, 8 to 11. We read this by way of an encouragement and then we'll, we will uh, pause to close and, and sing in worship. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Humble yourselves before the Lord 
and he will indeed lift you up. Praise his name. Let's pray together. Let's just allow a, a moment stillness where anything maybe of an opposition that you faced or something that's not yet fully worked through, you can bring to God in that quietness of your own spirit as we pause to pray. Let's make the most of this stillness. No words, just being still and knowing that he is our God as we bring those things before him. Heavenly Father, we are a lot more comfortable when things go well than when they're not. None of us, understandably, invites or enjoys feeling hurt, upset, in pain, or persecuted, or hearing anyone dishonouring your name. We sometimes struggle when tough times come. And that ground that we felt we were stood on that was all so strong suddenly can become quite shaky as we feel so vulnerable. Sometimes maybe causing us to doubt when that, that pain, that circumstance, that situation, that broken relationship, that issue that's been unresolved God, we pray that you might help us when opposition comes. Help us to go straight to you, to pour out the lot before you. But in our coming straight to you, may we pause firstly to acknowledge how great you are. To declare that sense of our own adoration for you. May we then humbly confess our need of you as we invite your Holy Spirit's response to whatever it is that's going on in our lives. May we hold nothing back. May we feel that sense of security and assurance in your loving hands and arms. Encourage us to be specific about what our utmost need is before you. And then to leave those things with you. We don't know your timing. 
We don't fully understand what we call the sovereignty of God. We don't fully get why some of our prayers are slow to be heard, let alone answers. It feels to us all so often. May we trust you. Would you give us the strength to leave these things with you? Believing that the judge of all the earth shall indeed do right. Because you are a righteous God, a holy God. As we're pausing quiet, whatever our individual need is right now. Come Holy Spirit and minister your love to us afresh. That we might sense something of your acceptance and of your smile. And of your love and peace. In Jesus name. Amen.